Discover the magic of integrating your financial, legal, and life planning. It's time for Smart Simple Wealth. It's another edition of Smart Simple Wealth. Great to have you along with us today. Walter Storholt here alongside Carrie Qureshi, estate and wealth planning attorney at Qureshi Law Firm, serving you in Arkansas, Tennessee, and Texas. You can find us online at QureshiLaw.com. On today's show, we're going to learn a little bit more about the magic of integrating your financial, legal, and life planning, as we always do with Carrie. And uh, just so our listeners know, Carrie, you've got one foot out the door on today's episode, so we're going to have to keep you focused because I know that I know that vacation is drawing your attention just yes, ever yes. so slightly. I'm, I'm dreaming about having the my, my, my feet in the sand and, and hopefully some, some warm sunshine. <laughs> you, you got your vaccinations, and then you're going to take a nice vacation to make up for last year's stuck-at-home nature, and uh, I know you and the fam must be excited to get a little breath of fresh air. Yes, we we are, but I, I promise we're not going to rush through this show. It's going to be a, a great episode today. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we're going to talk about some good stuff on the program today. We're going to play a little game on the program. We're going to play some fact or fiction uh, of a financial nature. So I'll throw some fact or fiction questions uh, Carrie's way, and we'll see what we can learn from those things. Uh, we've also got a really good question later in the show from Bradley in Little Rock. Has some questions about maxing out a 401k and a Roth IRA and kind of wondering, all right, well, then what do you do? So some other questions that arise from that as well. Uh, lots of good things to dive into. So let's get it started with our main topic of the day, Carrie. And uh, this is going to be the fun game. It's just like when we were back in school, I always loved the fact or fiction or the true false questions as tests because they're better than multiple choice. You had you know 50-50 chance of getting these most of the time. So See, but I, I, I didn't like them because I guess my analytical lawyer brain, you know, if it's something said, you know, always or maybe, you know, I, I would say, well, that that it could be this, but it also could be this because I see the gray area. You want in the there. gray area. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you're going to really like today's <laughs> questions, I think, because one, you're not going to actually be graded. So you can make these questions into whatever you want. And two, I have a feeling there uh, are going to be a lot where you're going to lodge that lawyer attorney debate here for yeah. there being some gray area. So let's start it off with a fun one and a, uh, and a, and a popular one as well. Um, your Social Security, uh, obviously a topic that everybody talks about. Fact or fiction, your Social Security is taxable. Okay, so it depends. It is my lawyer answer. See, there, but, you go. there you go. But most of the time, that is a fact for most clients. Is that uh, a surprise for most people, Carrie? It is. It is because, you know, everybody says, well, I've already paid tax on my Social Security. You know, it feels and, like and, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it, guess what? It's, it's going to be taxed again most of the time. And what people don't understand is up to 50 to 85% of your Social Security um, could be taxed depending on um, your income level. And what's really interesting is, um, you know, what determines that level of, of tax on the Social Security, it's based on something called a provisional income formula. And, and I promise I'm not going to get into the weeds here, but the types of income and the different mixes of, of different um, you know, types of incomes in retirement can have a big effect on your overall you know, tax rate. Um, because some, some types of income don't trigger you know, being taxed on Social Security and, and your marginal effective rate. So it's, it's really important to take a very good look at that when planning for retirement. So that's a good fact or fiction question to get us started out and one that often people get wrong as well on, on the quote-unquote financial literacy tests, if you will. Uh, fact or fiction, Carrie, uh, let's keep it in the tax world, but a little bit different. Your taxes will likely be lower in retirement. 
but will they? You know, so that so that that's another one that it depends, and and I think that mm-hmm. that falls on another myth that we've always been told. You know, we'll be in a lower tax bracket when we retire. We won't be working. We won't have that kind of you know um, income coming in. Um, but but there, there's two factors here at play, and and the first is what is our likelihood about tax rates going up, right? So even before COVID our country had a big problem, right? Um, our national debt, I just looked it up, it is at $28 trillion. Oh my Social gosh. Secu- Social Security is running out of money. We've been hearing this, you know, for a long time now. Up, oh, Carrie, um, it's at 28.2 now. 28.2. 28.2. Yeah, there's the little clock. You can yeah. watch it. Oh, and, no, no, it's 28.4 now. It's going up so fast. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's scary. And and, and, and so, you know, with, with COVID, and, and we've had, you know, several rounds of stimulus money, and I, I don't want to get political here. People and businesses, they needed the help. They still need help. But at some time, we have to pay that off, right? We have to pay the piper. And so if you look at, you know, what most experts are saying, tax rates have to go up. They have to go up to pay for some of this. So that's the first thing is what about rates increasing? Regardless of whether tax rates go up, what about your income in retirement? You know, you have to ask yourself, are you really going to live off 60, 70, 80% of your normal income? And that's another, you know, myth. People say, oh, I'm not going to spend that much in retirement. Most people start to travel and they need more retirement income. You start taking Social Security income. And if you have a 401k or an IRA, I mean, you start pulling off those RMDs in retirement. Um, So the reality is that for most retirees, they actually have more income in retirement and pay more taxes in retirement. So taxes, I mean, that's a huge part of um, a a well-thought-out plan is how do we minimize that tax hit. That's a very good point. All right, two tax questions out of the way. Let's shift gears a little bit as we play some fact or fiction. Uh, Fact or fiction, term life insurance is better than whole life insurance. Right. And, and again, it depends on the goals, better, better in, in, in what regard, right? You know, term life insurance is, is what I call use or lose it. It's great for covering liabilities and providing for loved ones. But, you know, as clients get older and when they pay off the mortgage on the house, you know, and they don't have any other debt, you know, a lot of times we don't have that need for term insurance the way that you did when you were younger. But there's no, there's no cash value to that. Um, but whole life insurance. On the other hand, you know, that does build wealth. Um, it is more expensive. And so, you know, you'll see a lot of schools of thought, you know, and arguments on, you know, what's better term life or whole life. But, you know, whole life, you know, if it's designed the right way, then it can also provide for a tax-free income stream in retirement. Um, so again, it's really going to depend on the person's individual goals on what is going to be better for them, term versus whole. This one kind of comes back to that old idea of there is there's not a bad tool. These are all just tools, and one tool is not bad. It's just what's going to be the best fit for your goals and your needs. That's really where the life insurance conversation needs to happen, not in terms of this one's better than this one, that kind of thing. Right, and you also have to think about where that advice is coming from. Um, you know, Dave Ramsey, you know, will always say buy term and invest the rest. But he's pushing, you know, investing in, in mutual funds and, and everything. And you'll hear the same thing from stockbrokers, but they can't sell insurance products. They're not knowledgeable about insurance products. But then you get on the other hand, you know, uh, just an insurance agent, maybe they make their bread and butter off cash value life insurance. So they'll sit there and tell you, you don't need term. 
So you really need to find somebody that is independent, that can offer all different products and really first hone in on what that client needs and then go out into the world and find that product that is going to plug that gap. That's a great point, Gary. So there you have it. Good debate on term versus whole life insurance, something that probably every client that comes through the door uh, talks about with Carrie and the team. Another fact or fiction question for you here, Carrie. This one uh, a little bit more in the health world. Medicare will cover most of your medical needs in retirement. You know, this one for me, it, it screams false. Um, because when I think of medical needs in retirement, you know, my mind immediately goes to long-term care needs. Um, that, that's a conversation that comes up frequently when we're talking about estate planning and, and financial planning. And I hear it all the time. It's like, oh, well, won't Medicare pay for my long-term care if I need it? And that's not true. And so if you have, you know, if we're talking about original Medicare, it can actually only pay a portion of the cost up to 100 days. That's it, 100 days in skilled nursing facility. And you have to be admitted to the nursing facility within 30 days of leaving the hospital. Um, and it has to be for the same illness or injury um, or a condition related to that. And so, you know, long term, when you look at not being able to complete, you know, your activities of daily living, right? Like grooming and hygiene and walking and things like that. Um, Medicare is not designed for that. And so you really have to figure out, you know, am I going to pay for long-term care out of my pocket, which is really expensive? Am I going to have some type of long-term care insurance to help cover the cost? Um, and that's what most people can do um, if they can get qualified. Or three is, is, am I going to rely on Medicaid to pay for long-term care? Because Medicaid does have a long-term care program, but you have to qualify. Um, and, and it's very hard to qualify. You basically have to have $2,000 of assets or less um, unless you do some legal planning. And so we, we, we cannot rely on Medicare and Medicaid um, for our long-term care needs. Interesting points there. Yeah, I mean, I just think about the fact that um, my, my grandparents um, have had, uh, unfortunately, a recent um, health issue uh, with my grandmother actually having a fall and mm. hurting hurting her neck badly. And boom, there's a $6,000 cost to install the chairlift in, in their condo, um, you know, so that she can, you know, kind of still get out and go to doctor's appointments and do things outside of the house. Just like that, boom, $6,000 out of pocket that Medicare is not covering not cover. this sort of health need. And it would have been even way more expensive than that. Luckily, uh, I guess, uh, if you want to look at it that way, has been, um, I guess, the people that owned the condo before had a chairlift. When they moved in, they had it removed 25 years ago or however long that was. But all the electrical was still there, and so it was very easy for them to kind of go in and reinstall the the components. Oh wow! So six thousand was it was a discount? That was a discount from the expectation, yes, um, and what it would have been had it been a, a fresh install. So, but yeah, that's still uh, that's uh, and, and a lot of retirees may not be prepared for that. So um, you, you got to look forward to things like that that you're not expecting, and that Medicare is not going to cover. Healthcare covers so many different little facets, right? There's other things that we don't often think about on a daily basis being tied into that, but there certainly are many things. Absolutely. All right, Factor Fiction, one more for you here, Carrie. As you get older, you should gradually shift from stocks to bonds. People have been saying that for a long time. Yeah, yeah, that's another myth. And so, again, it, it depends, but it doesn't fit everybody. Um, and so, first of all, we're living longer. Um, so a longer life expectancy means a longer retirement, which also means we have to keep up with inflation. 
And so, um, you know, you can't just cash out your, your bank, your, your investment accounts and stuff the money under a mattress and say, it's going to last me my entire lifetime. Because our, our biggest fear, you know, for most people is outliving our money. And so we definitely have to keep up with inflation. And so a lot of times that means, you know, more equities in the market versus bonds. And then the second, you know, thing is bonds have been performing terribly lately. Um, I definitely wouldn't want to be holding a portfolio with too large a percentage in, in bonds, at least, you know, in the short term. So it really depends on, on two things. We look at the individual's risk tolerance. Um, how much risk can they stand, um, you know, whether that's a percentage, you know, more in equities or more in fixed income. But we also have to look at what rate of return is really needed to meet their financial goals. A lot of people, they get too fixated on this rate of return. Oh, I got 8% or 10%. But they don't even know what their rate of return is that's needed to accomplish their goals. And if I can accomplish all my goals and I just need a 5% rate of return, why in the world would I be out there sticking my neck out there wanting a a 10% or 12% and taking on that risk and possibly losing money? And so it really, you know, we have to figure out those numbers first, and then we can start to custom build that investment portfolio um, that is going to minimize their risk, maximize their rate of return based on their goals. All of this really important. We got to cover a lot of ground these last few minutes from Social Security to taxes, insurance, health care, and that old stocks to bonds assumption as you get older in retirement. Hopefully we dispelled some myths with these fact or fiction questions for you on today's show. And if you have any questions for Carrie, want to talk about something going on in your financial life uh, as you're looking to prepare for retirement, maybe it's something that's more in the you know legal planning or life planning side of things, uh, Carrie helps bring it all together. You can call 870-275-4304 to get in touch or go to CureshiLaw.com. And we'll put contact information in the description of today's show so it's easy for you to find. It's getting to know you time. It's time to get to know Carrie a little bit better on today's program. And uh, Carrie, my question for you this month, what's the luckiest thing that's ever happened to you? The, the luckiest thing. It's funny that you... Are you, you going to be all that. sappy and say, oh, meeting my husband and... No. Okay. All right. <laughs> People that know me know that I'm not I'm not sappy. I grew up with two brothers, so... Okay, good. good. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a girly girl, but, you know, yeah, yes, I love my family and having my children, but that's, to me, that's not really that luck. True. Um, I, I don't consider myself a lucky person. Um, I think that there is a quote out there, and I don't know who said it, but it's like, I find that the harder I work, the luckier I get. Mm, I, like I that. Mm-hmm. fully subscribe to that belief. But when I think about just something that, you know, I can chalk up to luck, I would probably say winning a contest last year from the Jonesboro Radio Group. Um, they did this special contest um, when COVID first hit for business owners. And somehow I won, the law firm won $15,000 in free radio ads. And wow, so we were that's awesome. really, I mean, they came to our office and, you know, surprised us and brought us this, you know, big check. And it was really cool because it gave us the opportunity um, to get our message out to others. We had never done radio before. You know, we had a lot of people, you know, call in, you know, even this past year that said, oh, we've heard you on the radio. Um, so that, you know, really was a great experience. Um, and, and I, that to me, I can, I can just chalk that one up to being lucky, I guess. That's cool. Yeah, that's a good example, I think. Uh, I would say when I was a kid, um, I was at a Nickelodeon, I don't know if you call it a concert or event. Nickelodeon used to do these big events where they would come around to arenas all across the country 
and they would do these live shows where they would act out on stage like some of their most famous games that you would watch on like Nickelodeon. Um, I remember that. Up. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and it was, it was really fun. So I went with my friend and his mom and, and my mom was there. So I think it was the four of us and they, you know, there's a lot of audience participation. And so my friend, I don't know, I can't remember what was wrong, but he didn't like sitting on the aisle. He was like freaking out about being on the aisle. I don't know if there was just too many people walking around or it was just bothering him for some reason. So we switched seats and like two minutes after switching seats, they were doing things for the next game. And one of the hosts was running up our aisle. And so I was on the aisle jumping up and down, like, you know, going crazy. And he stopped right in front of me and he looks at me and he goes, you, and points to me in front of like, you know, (laughs) 10,000 people in this arena. And I'm like, oh God, here's like little like seven-year-old Walt, you know, getting pulled up onto this stage. I'd walk all the way down the steps, go up onto this stage with the bright lights. And they'd pick like 20 people. And we were playing this like pass the pie game where mm-hmm. if the music stops and you're holding the pie, they, they then throw the pie in your face in front of everybody up on front of the stage. And uh, I made it all the way down to the last two and then won. So I didn't have to get the pie in the face. Oh, wow. And I won. And then they like, this was maybe my first time ever on a microphone, actually, now that I look back at it. And so I was up in front of this whole group and like they were asking me questions and I was able to answer the questions even as like a little seven-year-old, I didn't clam up. And like it was able to answer the questions in front of the group and then got to go backstage and my mom was brought down and met me back there. And it was cool. They gave you like a little gift bag and, you know, that kind of thing. And it was like, I mean, it was amazing. I was like, how lucky to not only get picked, but then to win as well. And uh, it was really neat. And then they got our address and like, I don't know, maybe a month or two later, we got a shipment from Nickelodeon and it had all these orange VHS tapes. Uh, you know, the Nickelodeon is orange and orange slime and all mm-hmm. that. So there were orange VHS tapes of like some of the best episodes of Rugrats and Doug and like, you know, <laughs> the different Did shows. They, do you had. have a clip though of you being I don't stage? think so. I, I mean, unless they have a clip, Nick, I'm sure Nickelodeon has all that stuff archived maybe somewhere in the world, you know, but yeah. we don't personally have a. See, a that would have been so cool to have to, be it able would to be. replay it would back be. with it. Yeah. But, you know, back then, I th- you know, it's not like we had cell phones, you know, to <laughs> capture those things easily. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. It's like when my kid, my kid asked me, you know, what, how old was I when I had an iPad? All right. <clears throat> you know, that kind of <laughs> dates us right there. I was not your age. How about that? <laughs> oh, man, that's too funny. Yes, talking technology makes us feel old very quickly if you're not careful. Anyway, there's uh, some of the the luckiest moments, it sounds like, in our lives, like the true lucky stuff, if you will. Um, That's getting to know Carrie a little bit better. Carrie, as we transition further into the show, I have a quote of the month for you. Normally, we do these at the beginning of the show, but obviously, I forgot this week, so that's okay. (laughs) Uh, Zig Ziglar, uh, we're just switching things up here on the show today. Zig Ziglar said, rich people have small TVs and big libraries. Poor people have small libraries and big TVs. Yeah, I've heard this one often. I mean, Zig Ziglar has a, a lot of quotes, but I I love reading, and I, I believe in this with all of my heart, um, you know, and I think that education is so important no matter how old we are, um, and, you know, there's just so much you can learn by, by reading and, and having a personal li- library. Yeah, I think... Um... 
it's kind of interesting uh, to think about this one. I kind of disagree with Zig. I've seen a lot of uh, you know rich people who have very big TVs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I guess saying we just don't watch it all day. We I don't get the sentiment. Watch it all day. I get yeah. the sentiment. Yes, it's not a big part of their lives compared to the reading and and further advancing yourself. So. I get the sentiment of the quote, even if it's uh, if we put that one into our fact or fiction section, I think we'd have to call, you know, the it depends on that depends. one as well. Yeah, right. No, I think there's a balance, too. I mean, <laughs> you definitely don't want to have your nose stuck in a book the whole right. time and not enjoy life. You're right. All right. Time to answer one of your questions now. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. This month's question comes to us from Bradley in Little Rock. You can submit your questions, by the way, going to KureshiLaw.com. Uh, Should I be completely maxing out my 401k and Roth IRA before opening a taxable brokerage account, or is there a benefit to opening a separate brokerage account to provide more flexibility, even if those aren't fully maxed out to their yearly contribution limits? Mm, th- this is a great question, and this is something that you know we, we talk to our clients about a lot, um, you know, kind of our, our standard procedure, um, what I like to see, um, and obviously this is based on everybody's individual circumstances, but we first like to take the full match from your 401k. That We call that free money, right? So go ahead and get your match from your um, employer and then look at maxing out the Roth. And then you can either go back to adding on and maxing out the 401k or start funding a taxable account. And there's a couple of differences here because you have to understand the 401k and the Roths and IRAs, those are re- built for retirement. So you are going to be penalized if you need the money before age 59 and a half. So we have to make sure um, that, you know, we don't need to touch that money. And so there are times where we want to have a separate bucket of money for emergencies, things that we can pull out before we hit that, you know, 59 and a half age. And so that's where a taxable account would make sense, even if you're not uh, maxing out your 401k or your raw. So again, you know, that is going to depend on the client um, and kind of running the numbers and seeing, you know, what works out on paper, but also what the client is comfortable with at a personal level. So it's got some uh, some other layers and moving parts there with that question, Bradley, and probably a little bit more exploration would be a, a good idea here. Maybe setting up a time to chat with Carrie one on one to go a little bit more in depth on uh, on your situation. Some of these moving parts here. Uh, if you want to get in touch, it's very easy to do so. Eight seven zero two seven five forty three zero four. Eight seven zero two seven five forty three zero four. Or you can go online to kareshilaw dot com, and we'll put contact info in the description of today's show. Now, don't run off yet because we are going to give you the opportunity as we wrap up the podcast today to learn a little bit more about some of the things we've talked about on the show, namely one of the big topics that has been prevalent throughout the conversation, Carrie, taxes. Tell us a little bit about your book, Diffuse, and how people can get a hold of it. Yeah. Um one of my favorite people in the world, Dan Capriel, um, wrote this book called Diffuse, Seven Steps to Protecting Your 401k from the Ticking Tax Time Bomb. Um, and I was lucky enough to be able to write the foreword to this book. But it goes into a lot more detail of some of the topics we've talked about today on how retirees and pre-retirees can minimize the tax burden um, on their 401k and on their IRAs and on Social Security. Um, and so we give this book away for free. 
Um, it's available on our website if they go to www.kureshilaw.com or they can also give us a call at the office um, and request a copy of the book Diffuse. That's again the ways that you can get the book Diffuse, Seven Steps to Protecting Your 401k from the Ticking Tax Time Bomb. Very popular book, lots of requests for this lately. It's like people are paying attention to taxes all of a sudden, which is a good thing, Carrie. So learn a little bit more about how you can protect yourself. 870-275-4304, the number to call to secure your copy. Or you can also go online, again, to QureshiLaw.com. Links and contact info in the description of today's show. Also, special bonus, there's a tax-free retirement DVD, only 30 copies available of that. So the first 30 people to request the Diffuse book will also get that DVD as well. And it'll help get you the info and the tools that you need to get as close to paying zero taxes in retirement as possible. Carrie, enjoy the vacation. Thanks for joining us on the show today, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again next time. Sounds good, Walter. Thank you. All right, you as well. That's Carrie Qureshi. We'll be back next month with another episode. Thanks for listening to Smart Simple Wealth. Did you know you can subscribe to the Smart Simple Wealth Podcast with your favorite app? It's on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and dozens of other places where you listen to podcasts. And if it's not on an app you'd like to use, let us know and we'll get it on there. To make sure you never miss an episode, just search Smart Simple Wealth on your favorite podcasting platform today and subscribe. Investment advisory services offered through Pegasus Wealth Coaching, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Legal services provided by Qureshi Law Firm, PLLC. The Qureshi Law Firm and Pegasus Wealth Coaching are not affiliated in any way. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment or legal advice. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Consult your financial professional before making any investment decision. Information provided does not create an attorney-client relationship and cannot substitute for obtaining legal advice from an attorney admitted to practice law in your state.